Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Extra Time with me, Liam Horbin. Episode 12. I got to start counting. How many episodes are on? Because every single time I hit record, I always just guess. It's a guessing game around here on Extra Time presented by Betway. Shout out Betway 19 plus. Please bet responsibly. It's important you do. We'll get into good betting talk later on. I got three bets for us lined up. I've decided I'm going to do a full betting segment at the end. I know I've been doing it a little bit, but I've done a little bit more research on it this week. So we got three bets there. All Premier League. And then away we go. But for now, let's get away from the betting for a minute. And let's recap what has gone down in the football world recently. I've kind of come to a decision on this podcast where I'm just going to focus on some English football, I think. That is my that is my passion in the football world, I guess you could say. That's the stuff I watch the most. It's the, the players I know the most. I, I watch a lot of the other leagues too. Like I'll tune into Serie A. Bundesliga is quite accessible here in Canada too. La Liga, not so much. It's quite difficult to watch. And I'll be honest, I think it's quite boring. Take that, La Liga. Serie A has been a lot better this year though, even though Napoli has ran away with it. It feels like there's about nine, ten teams maybe. Maybe 10's a bit too much, maybe 8 at the most. That are actually very, very good. Very entertaining to watch. All done relatively well in the European competitions of Season 2, of course, with AC Milan and Inter Milan going head-to-head in the semi-final of the Champions League. Juventus is in the Europa League semi-final. I believe Fiorentina is still in the competition. Lazio made it relatively far, too. It's been a big year for Italian football. I wouldn't actually mind maybe... Talking to somebody a bit more about that. Caroline actually just did a very good podcast on um, on the Syria. Hold on a minute. Let me center this camera here. People are watching online. I'm a little bit too far to the left. There we go. Now we're locked in. So, anyways, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to just let everyone know that's kind of my plan for the rest of this show's duration. Premier League football is the topic, and that's where we're gonna go. There's also is something fun that happened. So my, my birthday was on Monday. I turned 27 years old, born in 1996, April 24th, every single year in Manchester, England. Not a Manchester United, Manchester City fan, no Bolton Wanderers, which we will talk about on today's show because that place is not very good at the moment. Anyways, I got um, I got one of those mystery kits. Now, this is not a sponsor. 
I wish they were. If you're listening, Mystery Kits, let me know if you're available for a sponsorship conversation. But I got a, I got a, one of those kits and my, my dad got it for me. So my dad has wanted to do this for me for a while. And we've kind of both agreed that if we were going to do it for each other, then we got to do it. But a club that we probably don't know. And I feel like that's a good way to do it. You want to you want to have a bit of fun with it. You can just go buy a Barcelona jersey off the shelf or an AC Milan one, right? Like, But the one I got, let me pull it up here so I don't get the name wrong. They are called Gold Star SE. Anyone want to guess where, where they're from? I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. The Ghanaian Premier League. So this shirt, maybe I'll put it up on my uh, my socials after I I uh, post this one. So you take a look at it on my Twitter. It's uh, at Liam Horobin, Liam, L-I-A-M, Horobin, H-O-R-R-O-B-I-N. You can find me. I got like, you'll find my stuff. Mostly hockey, but I do talk about a lot of football on there too, on the weekends especially. But it was pretty cool. And I want to know if, you, if you're one of these people that has had a mystery box before. Let me know what you thought of it. I think I might do it again. I think I got a couple of buddies whose birthdays are coming up in the summer. Might see if I can dabble in that area of things for a little bit and have some fun with it. I've seen some online, like a lot of guys get like PSG jerseys, like the away ones, and they're very, very nice. But this one's cool. It's um, it's green and it's got like a flag. It almost is. It's got a flag in it. It's kind of faded. It's like a US flag a little bit, but it's a very cool jersey. They're called so the team is called Gold Stars SE. I wonder how they're doing actually in the Ghanaian League. I just looked up who they were. I never looked to see well if they were any good. So let's have a quick peek here. See if I can pull them up. Gold Star SE. Oh, they don't even come up on my on my app. Foot mob. What are you playing at? Anyways, that was how my birthday went. I got a couple other little things too. Nothing really football related, but it was a good birthday overall. My mid-20s have have disappeared, but I'm happy to be pushing on to my 30s now. I cannot find this team anywhere. Gold Star SE. I swear I'm not making this up. Gold Star SE. What the heck? Oh, they're called Bib. Bibian Gold Stars SE. Not what I thought they were called. So they play. Oh, it's because um, the owner is. So the owners are Mensin Gold Mines and Bibiani. So I don't know if that means all one, maybe if that's one person. I'm really trying to to find it here. There we go. They are currently ninth. In the Ghanaian Premier League, 10 wins this season, 8 draws, 10 losses, ninth out of 18. So the mid-table, clear relegation. Actually, no, they're not. They have 6 points out of relegation. I'm assuming they play 38 games in a season. Yeah, it looks like they got 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 games left. So we'll see. Hopefully the boys in uh, Gold Star will, will survive relegation. They can wear their jersey with pride. 
Maybe I'll wear it on the next episode. I should put it on this. It's just something that came up when I was I was just thinking about it. So anyways, moving on from the Ghanaian Premier League, of course. It was a great conversation after I say I'm going to talk about the English Premier League. I immediately jump to an African league, which makes no sense truly. But here we are, and that's why you're all here to listen. Next reason you had to listen, Bolton Wanderers. I'm telling you people, we won that trophy and we've not been the same team since. Since beating Plymouth in the Papa John's, we beat Exeter, 1-0, good result. Drew against Cambridge, who were in a bottom spot in the in League One. Scrapping against relegation, 95th minute equaliser in that one. Beat Oxford, 1-0, poor performance, didn't deserve the result at all, but managed to get away with one, which is, I suppose, is what good teams do. Drew 1-1 against Burn, another poor result. That was, uh, we were winning 1-0 and we threw it away. Beat Shrewsbury 1-0. Uh, I think it was Dion Charles that got that winner. Uh, sorry, John Sheehan scored in that one. And then the other night, lost 1-0 to Accrington Stanley. Who were they? If you know, you know. Accrington Stanley, though, like 1-0. My dad was telling me about this game. He watched it a bit more than I did. He said it was just a shambles, and the squad has just not been the same. Battling injuries a little bit, but nothing too crazy. Like, he lost a player in the Papa John's final th- after a horrendous tackle. I can't remember the, the gentleman's name who, who tackled him, but Toll was the guy who went down. He's a Northern Ireland international for us. Just fantastic center back. A player that's kind of on your on your team sheet every single week, and now we have to play MJ Williams in that position, and he is he's a centre midfielder. So you can imagine how that's going. He's actually, to his credit, he's done decently well. But Bolton, two games left, seventy five points with forty four games played. So yeah, two games left. They've won twenty one, drawn twelve, lost eleven. So they can't catch Barnsley. Barnsley have. 85 points in fourth. So if you're not familiar with the format of the Football League, um, in League One, which Bolton was in, the top two teams get automatically promoted to the championship. So right now, if the league ended today, that would be Plymouth, who Bolton beat in the final, and Ipswich Town, who have, if you're a Premier League fan, you may remember them from way back when. They were, they finished top four, I think, one year. Maybe it was fifth. They, and then they got relegated immediately the year after. And then, so if those two go through, that would be the two teams that go up to the championship. Now, the, the playoffs at the moment are Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton, and Derby. Four former Premier League teams. So those would be it. So it would be three versus six, four versus five. And then from there, they play in a playoff series. So you play two games. Home and away, the, the highest seed gets the second leg because that's the home leg. And I think Bolton haven't been in the playoffs for a while, so I might be wrong on this, but I don't think away goals count anymore. I think it's just straight up score. If it's if it's an even drawn aggregate after the two matches, then you do your extra time or penalties, whatever it may be. So Bolton right now with two games left, they have coming up Fleetwood Town, who sits in 12th. In the League One, not really going anywhere. They can't catch Derby in sixth. And then Bristol Rovers, who are currently... Where are Bristol? Oh, they're also in 15th. So it's two winnable matches. Two very winnable matches. They've got... They're still, still in there. They're getting results in a way. But Plymouth... Oh, sorry. Peterborough is right there on the tail. Peterborough is in seventh place with 73 points. Portsmouth and Wickham both have 68 in 8th and 9th, but 
Let me do some quick math here. 68 plus 371 plus... Yeah, so they can't make it. So it's only it's only Peterborough who can catch up with Derby or, or Bolton. Left for Derby are uh, Portsmouth, who, like you just said, sitting in eighth, good team. And then also Sheffield Wednesday, which will be a big one because Sheffield Wednesday is still... They're only... They're four points back of Ipswich in second. So they might still be fighting for a for a spot there to get into the championship automatically. And then for Peterborough, they have Bristol Rovers and Barnsley to finish the season. So it's going to be an intense end for Bolton, but they've got to figure it out. They've got to figure out to score some goals again and just try and gain some symmetry back into the squad. It's just not been there. And it'd be a shame to have such a great season to win a trophy and then... Not even to like not get promoted. Like, I mean, it's going to be a tough task, especially with the way they've been playing. They would have to try and beat Sheffield Wednesday. I would assume they would be the team that gets to the final, which is at Wembley again. But just overall, like you go through all this effort. And if, I love Ian Everett. I really do. But at some point, he's like, well, when is when's time come up for Mr. Everett? We'll see. We'll see what happens with Bolton. But yeah, next up, like I said, they have Fleetwood Town this weekend. 8 a.m. kickoff if anyone wants to watch that one in the Alberta region. But anyways, we'll go over quickly to the top of the English Premier, the Premier League. It was a, so a lot of midweek games this week, so we're going to focus on those ones rather than the ones that happened on the weekend. Obviously, I mean, the big one we got to look at is Arsenal and Manchester City. So when we did this the other week, I think, well, not last episode, the one before, we tried to do a prediction of who was going to win the Premier League. And we did have it mathematically coming out that Arsenal would win. And I had it that Arsenal, I can't remember how many wins it was. It was so they would have been, they would have had eight games left. So it would have been six wins, one draw, one loss. Well, since then, they've drawn twice and lost once. So that, that record is absolutely out the window. And City look unbeatable and... I don't know how they're going to stop him. It truly looks impossible at this moment that Arsenal is is going to win the league because right now, as we talk here on April 27th, Arsenal is first in the Premier League with 75 points and Manchester City is second in the Premier League with 73 points. However, they have two games in hand. I mean... Feels like this is done and dusted. And this is something we mentioned last week too. Like City just know how to win football matches. They know how to win football matches at these crucial, crucial, crucial times and get it done and lift the trophy at the end of the day. Like they're they're competing for the treble this season. Can it be done? I mean, if anyone's going to do it at City, they have to play United in the final. You do their credit. Did win a cup this season too, winning the League Cup. Obviously, the Premier League, like we just discussed, I've got to be out Arsenal, which looks inevitable at the moment, unless they slip up on their own accord, which also doesn't seem very likely. And then, of course, the big one, which they've not won yet, is the Champions League, where they play Real Madrid. Now, Real Madrid in the Champions League is something different. But Real Madrid in La Liga is quite horrendous. So it's going to be interesting to see if City can can get that one done. I truly think this is City's year just all around to, to wrap it all up and probably win the treble. It would be it would be something, though, if Manchester United were the ones to stop City from winning the treble, considering the last team to win the tr- the big treble in England. I know Liverpool won the treble last year. It's not the same. Whereas 
Manchester United, of course, in 1999 when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer scored the Champions League winner in whatever that was, however late that was against Bayern Munich. But that was a special team, special Manchester United team. And now it looks like Manchester City is is right there with them. I've seen like a lot of debates recently too of who's the greatest manager of all time, Sir Alex Ferguson or Pep Guardiola. And people keep talking as if like Sir Alex Ferguson did nothing for the game. Did absolutely nothing. By the sounds of it, Sir Alex Ferguson, all he did was win the Premier League 13 times, but that's it. That's all he did. He didn't change anything in the game. He didn't invent anything. What? Let's not... I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Let's not disrespect what Sir Alex was able to do. Also, outside of the Premier League, he was the last manager to win something that didn't in the Scottish League with a team that wasn't named Celtic or Rangers when he won with Aberdeen, which is what, 86, I think it was, something crazy like that. Maybe that's too far. I can't remember. But it was around that era. But it's just like Sir Alex Ferguson has been able to create some of the greatest players this, this planet has ever seen. Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Eric Cantona, Giggs, Scholes, Beckham. Like, there's so many. Like, like Teddy, Terry Sheringham, I suppose, if you want to put it in, like, an English perspective. Andrew Cole, like, Dwight York, Edwin van der Sar, Peter Schmeichel. Like, should I just keep going? Because there's so many more. Yap Stam. Like, it's crazy. And I'm, I just, I think it's so hard to compare what they've done because aren't the managers before... Now, this isn't me saying Sir Alex is better than Pep or like who was before Sir Alex is was better than him. But aren't, don't those managers kind of like set the path for the next managers coming up of like what the standard is? Like Sir Alex set the standard for everything in the Premier League. Every manager in the Premier League tried to come in and beat Sir Alex. Jose Mourinho was able to do it, of course. Awesome Wenger did it, I think, twice. And then also... What's his name? Uh, Roberto Mancini did it. Did uh, Pellegrini win one? I can't remember. Whatever it was. My point is, is like the best managers had to come to try and beat Sir Alex. And every year he still mostly found a way. He won the Premier League 13 times. But either way, if Pep wins the treble, it'll it'll be great. It'll be very good for him to do it. Um, I think he would cement himself as top three manager ever at the moment. One Also, one other name that always doesn't get thrown out there i think he's Mourinho. like i know he's kind of faded away a little bit these last what maybe 10 8 10 years i suppose like he had that but he won he won the premier uh won the premier league a couple of times with chelsea um he i always love the quote where he's like my greatest accomplishment was taking manchester united to second in the premier league where everyone laughed at the time and now looking back at it it was probably probably wasn't wrong Won the Champions League with Porto, of course, too. Also won the UEFA Cup with Porto, I think, the year before, maybe just like the year before that. So just kind of wild. Like, I don't know. It's it's hard to say who really is the greatest manager ever. I I think it's the same with players, too. Like, of course, we're always going to say Messi for now is the greatest player because he just won the World Cup, but Pele won three World Cups. And it's just hard to compare compared to the errors, but... During Sir Alex's era, he was the best manager in the Premier League at the minimum, arguably the world. During Guardiola's era as a manager of in the Premier League, he's been the best manager. Like Klopp's, Klopp's good, but he's won one Premier League. Just kind of an interesting debate. Interesting little debate. But anyway, Arsenal lost to get... <laughs> Really got off track on that one. Arsenal lost. Tottenham United today was something like Tottenham is an absolute shambles. 
I don't even know who's going to be their next manager. Um, who would want it? Nagelsmann, I guess, is a name that's been thrown out there. I'm not sure what the update on him is right now, but it just seems like their owner is an absolute mess and Daniel Levy and Tottenham should be way, way better than what they are. And they just have no consistency in the squad. Like, I don't know. Is it worth for them to find a younger manager? Apparently, Carlo Ancelotti might leave Real Madrid too. Maybe that could be an option for them. Do they want another former Chelsea manager though to join the long list of guys before? I don't know if Tottenham fans would like that again very much, but we'll see. Um, who else we got just to recap it all quickly? Uh, Bournemouth, massive, massive win over Southampton. I think it's fair to say Bournemouth is probably in the clear now. 29 points with Leicester in 18th. Bournemouth at 36 with five games left. I mean, something would have to go horribly wrong for them, which I mean, more than capable of. But Gary O'Neill has done a fantastic job with that Bournemouth squad compared to where they were at the start of the season when Scott Parker got sacked after a 9-0 win. Like, Gary O'Neill should be... Should he be in conversation for Premier League Manager of the Year? I don't think he would win it. I think that's a lock for Mikel Arteta if he wins the Premier League or not. And even a guy like Eddie Howe and even Unai Emery, despite coming in for half the year. Like, there's so many other guys who like Brighton's boss, Brentford's boss. Interesting. Now, Gary O'Neill, if, I don't know, if you can vote out of five, you might get my fourth vote. Uh, Newcastle big win today too. Forest massive win against Brighton 3-1 to kind of help them out. Chelsea absolute shambles. I do want to go into a little bit more about them right after this. Liverpool 2-1 win over West Ham. Wolves 2-0 over Palace. Aston Villa continue their surge. I like, really liked our episode last week of talking about Villa and what they've been able to accomplish. And it just kind of continued on. Like It's a huge win over Fulham. Tyrone Mings, they're now... 54 points in sixth place. What a season. I think if the I think even if they finish like eighth, I think Villa fans would be very, very happy. Uh Leeds 1-1 against Leicester too. And then just the Premier League. It's a special league. It's coming down to the wire here. Southampton currently at the bottom with Everton um and Leicester. Filling out the relegation spots. Forest one point out of relegation along with Leeds in 16th. West Ham have built a little bit of a cushion for themselves with a game in hand over Leeds. Uh, 34 points compared to Leeds 30. And then Bournemouth 36. Wolves 37. Same with Palace. Chelsea 39. So let's just stop at Chelsea. What the fuck? <laughs> like honestly like that is a it's crazy 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 to see well chelsea are right now and i if you if you had told me that you predicted this at the start of the season i still wouldn't believe that you predicted it because it just doesn't seem real chelsea football club are 10 points out of a relegation spot and to be honest when you look at their remaining games I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To me, it looks like they might get one win the rest of the season. So they got Arsenal this weekend. Uh, sorry, that one's on Tuesday, actually, not this weekend. Probably a loss. Is that the Emirates? So you have Bournemouth. Honestly, what what has Chelsea done to prove that they can beat a team like Bournemouth? Literally nothing. So I'm going to put that one down as a loss. Forest, I'll give them the win at for uh, at home to Forest because Forest are the worst Premier League team away from home. You're going to lose to City away. You're probably going to lose to United away, and then you close out the season against Newcastle at home. Maybe that one depends on what Newcastle are trying to accomplish. Have they have they locked up third? Like where are they? Are they still challenging? So. That's going to be interesting, but to me, you have two. They might get relegated. They have two swing games against two Premier League, uh, sorry, relegation teams. Will they? I I highly doubt Chelsea will get relegated. But the fact the conversation is even being had is outrageous for how much money they've spent, the talent on the squad, the managers they've ran through this season. They've had Thomas Tuchel, Graham Potter, and Frank Lampard. Say what you want. They're all good managers in their own way. Maybe not Lampard. Maybe not Lampard at this level. But I, I do have a comment on Lampard shortly, but man, that is an absolute joke. And you look at their most recent games too, like lost to Madrid, of course, at home, lost to Brighton, drew against Liverpool, lost to Villa, drew against Everton. Last home win, sorry, last win, not even home win, which I guess this was a home win funnily enough, was was Dortmund. It's just just an absolute disaster. Just an absolute disaster for them. I messed this up, but that's okay. Last win was actually against Villa. I read the wrong page because we spoke about them last week too, and it was, it was bad. It was very bad. But Chelsea, just crazy. So, yeah, I, I'm going to predict they win one. Of their last one, two, three, four, five, six games. They'll win one against Forest. Honestly, I'm just going to put them down for five of the losses. They can't score. They've scored one goal over Frank, under Frank Lampard. One goal under Lampard. That is obnoxious. It is crazy. Obnoxious is probably the wrong word, but it's just a wild little stat. So there's something I found interesting, actually about Lampard's, I think it was most recent press conference or the one right after the loss um, against Brentford this week. But he spoke about the balance of the squad. 
and how it just isn't working, which is obvious for, I think, any regular football fan that this was just not going to work. You have too many, too, too many mouths to feed. Ridiculous. But maybe Todd Bowley clearly just wanted this massive squad and thought, hey, all this talent will surely prevail in a positive way. Well, you're incredibly wrong, Todd Bowley. This is not the Los Angeles Dodgers anymore where you can just buy your way to championships every single season. This is the Premier League where you also have 19 other teams spending as much money as they can to try and have maximum success in the league. And Chelsea just can't find any chemistry. Frank Lampard also spoke about how the confidence within the squad is is basically non-existent, which is just unsurprising. But there was one thing actually he said, which I was most intrigued about, and that was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So when Aubameyang joined City, uh, sorry, Chelsea, I was skeptical. I think a lot of people were. I just didn't feel like that was the right decision at the time, but they needed a striker. At the end of the day, they needed a striker, and Aubameyang has a history of scoring in the Premier League. His last few years haven't been that great, but he's been able to score at almost every single level that he's played at. And basically, paraphrasing a little bit, Frank Lampard took a shot at Graham Potter. And I think this is a this is a fair point. Basically saying how it was crazy that Graham Potter just didn't have him in the squad available. So when whenever you submit a list to you have to submit a list to the Champions League of players you want to make eligible. I believe it's a 25-man squad. And Graham Potter didn't make Abamyang one of those players that would become available. So when Chelsea go and play Real Madrid and Frank Lampard wants to put a striker in, he's looking at his one number nine, who's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and he can't play him. So I thought that was a good point by Frank Lampard. And the more I thought about it, like I said, I've been critical of this signing. I think a lot of people have. And to be fair, he's done nothing to, to prove anybody wrong at the moment. But Lampard made the point of these players who are number nines like Abamyang need to play week in, week out. Because if you don't, you don't get in the flow of things and then you get out of rhythm and then you're not able to score. You just, you're not familiar with your, your teammates anymore. And he's got a great point. Abamyang has, I've got it up right here, 219 career goals. That's coming from League Un, Bundesliga, Premier League, La Liga, and... Yeah, some massive clubs do obviously spend a lot of time at Arsenal, Dortmund, Barcelona. Um, what's the Saint Etienne was the one team he was at in France where he got a bulk of his goals. So I think Lampard's got a point. I think we're going to be seeing Aubameyang in the squad a little bit more and they should because they don't have a striker. Kai Havertz is not the striker this team needs. Does his best. I'm not a massive fan of Kai Havertz. I liked him a lot more when he was with Leverkusen in the Bundesliga, but this is what they've got. And it'll be interesting to see if Pochettino, who is supposed to be the next manager of Chelsea, which should be a pretty good hire for them. Pochettino's obviously a great manager, did a lot, had a lot of success with Tottenham, despite not winning trophies, which Tottenham fans want, but sometimes you gotta take what you get. Um I wonder if he could get Lukaku back. I wonder if he could talk to Lukaku and be like, look, new ideas here, this is what we're gonna do, blah blah blah. 
I mean, you got to figure something out. You have that guy on your paycheck, pay buck every week, payroll, whatever it's called. I don't make that kind of stuff. I've been doing accounting all evening now. I hated it. But props to people who are accountants because numbers just a bit more complicated than they should be. But anyway, Chelsea got to figure out everything. I mean, you look at the squad and it's just so many players everywhere. And I think that's the worst part. It's not even just like, oh, they've got too many center backs. Oh, they've got too many strikers. No, they've just got too many everything. They've got, they've got too many goalies. <laughs> like, how do you have too many goalies to play? I just don't understand. I bet Manchester United wish they had too many goalies. I know they have Dean Henderson, but that one seems like it's an absolute shambles. Let's pull up the squads here quickly and just maybe we'll do a little exercise of talking about players who should be here, should be gone. Kepper and Mendy. You could probably get rid of both, but I would just get rid of one or the other. I feel like Mendy would be the one who would go. Kepper still got a little bit of a runway around him, and you got um, the young goalie there that he got from the Chicago Fire. I can't remember his name, but you got him. Like it's just so many players on this team, man. It's it's crazy. It's, I'm not even gonna go through it to be honest, because it's an absolute disaster. So many guys. Like, how is Ruben Loftus Cheek still on the team? I like him. I like Ruben Loftus Cheek. But you watch him. He's one week he's playing left back. One week he's playing right back. The next thing he's playing center back. Then he's a striker. Then he's in the midfield. Somehow makes it into the England squad every now and then too. There's also Chalaba. Lampard has been doing that too. Recently, I think he played both fullback positions against Brentford. Conor Gallagher reports were that Conor Gallagher might be going to Borussia Dortmund, which would be fantastic and makes a lot of sense for Dortmund, I think. And then you also have guys like Pulisic. Is Pulisic going to be around anymore? Jao Felix, is he are you going to try and extend the loan? Mudrich has been a disaster. Sterling's been okay. Looks like he's getting a little bit better. Uh, Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech, I think I say how he says his name. He was out the door. He was gone. Havertz, like, golly wally. Is Timo Werner sold or is he on loan? I kind of forgot about him too. I can't remember. I'll have to look that one up after the show. But anyways, Chelsea's an absolute mess. Frank Lampard is a good coach if you're under the age of 23. And that's why I think Frank Lampard should probably stick around at Chelsea. I think Lampard would be a great under 23s manager or in some development role. Spoke about it the other week, like, He's developed a lot of good players. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Tamori. And I know they were kind of the guys who were coming up through. But eventually those guys who were coming through have got to be given a chance. And Lampard did that to his credit. So I think it would be maybe wise of Chelsea to put him in that kind of role and, and see what he's able to, to accomplish. Or also, if you're Lampard, maybe just go back to the championship. Just an idea, Frank, if you're listening probably anyways let's wrap up the show with betway because i want to go to bed weird schedule in the premier league this weekend like there's only i think there's three or four games on saturday and the rest are on sunday i'm not sure why that happened maybe i guess it's because they played midweek and just trying to give teams a little bit more time to relax i guess and, and regroup for the matches but this is where we're looking for betway for this one so first match Bournemouth versus Leeds. Bournemouth plus 160. That's where we're going. Money line. Bournemouth won four of the last five. Leeds, absolutely horrible. 
I know they got a decent result in their last match. Um, what was it? One one draw against Leicester. Besides that, absolutely leaking goals. Only got two wins away from home all season. Two. I think Forest is the only team that has a worse record than that. Lost three of last four. I'm going with Bournemouth plus one sixty. Liverpool, Tottenham. Liverpool, not a great season, obviously. Currently sitting in sixth in the league. Tottenham, similar, just up and down year for them. Like, it's disastrous, to say the least. So, with this one, I'm going to go with Liverpool to score and Tottenham to score, but Liverpool to win at plus 175. Liverpool have won 10 matches at Anfield this season. I believe they've drawn or had points taken away in five or something like that. Either way, Tottenham are scoring goals. There's only been four times this season they've been kept off the score sheet, so I don't mind that one. And here's my wild card for the weekend. Take it if you wish. But if you are taking it, please bet responsibly, because this is just one that you. I'm basing it off form and what they've been able to do recently. But I'm going with Aston Villa to beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Plus 320. This is nothing really to do with United and what they've been able to do. Like they are struggling with injuries, of course, right now. But Villa have just absolutely red hot. Plus 320. The value seems a bit too good not to go out and do that one. So Villa plus 320 to beat United at Old Trafford. Villa has points in 10 straight games. Something to consider when you're looking at your sports box this weekend, specifically Betway. So go check that out. Betway 19 plus, please bet responsibly. But that's a wrap for me on the show this week. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Farewell.